When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome, everybody, as we are here at training camp, and it's a glorious day because you know why? Max, you're missing it. Us fat guys, you get a cool day in camp maybe once every decade or twice. And, you know, the thing about it is it's a it's just nice and breezy, and it's just awesome being able to, you know, sit up here and not, uh, you know, be sweating like crazy. So, Max, I got to tell you something. You're missing some really good stuff. Oh, well, Wolf, you know what? I'm glad that you have this moment, that you can, that, that you can have it and that I'm not blocking your wind flow. <laughs> I'm usually sitting under the tent. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but no, I mean, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I, I'm, I'm pulling an Arthur Motes, but mine's my, actually I'm not pulling an Arthur. Oh, Motes. an Arthur oh. Motes. An Arthur <laughs> Motes. I, you know, I, I, I actually downgraded myself there. But no, because Arthur lives close, he can actually drive home. Right. So it's a little bit different. I got to fly literally across the country. Um, but no, um, you know, I look at it and I'm like, you know what? I, I'm glad that I can be home and and looking at the mountains and looking at my daughters. You know, for to for a day or two during camp. You know, everybody else gets a family day and gets a day off. <laughs> You're right. I had to stay in the dorm, so I feel like, you know what, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I, I don't I don't have any I don't have any sad feelings about it because I know that you're gonna man the ship and of course uh, leave leave a little extra for me, you know, when you think about me at lunch and dinner tonight. Um, you know, we'll see if offense or defense wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll man the back. ship, but I might run it aground, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm I'm giving thumbs up to Jacob because we're having a little bit of uh, hearing problems here going back and forth. But let me get this – let me get it straight because everybody knows that you live in Phoenix. Well, you're back in Phoenix. You went there at the behest of your daughter. Did you not? Because those birthdays, they're, they're precious. Yeah, I know. The birthdays are precious. And you know what? I mean, it, it's, it's a it, – it is a um, – you know, it, it's a special moment. She turned eight, and we had an awesome birthday party last night. And she had uh, her and all of her buddies. They they bounced around and they yeah. had a good time at the little cheerleading place. So you know it, it 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 was good. It was good to see some friends. But you know my girls they they mean the world to me. And so to be home and to see the joy on their face when I when I when they picked me up from the airport was priceless. <laughs> As they say, faith, family, and football. That's how we do it, and that's how we roll in the locker room. And that certainly is why you're a great dad, Max. I'm glad that you went back. I'm glad that you got to, you know, be uh, hugging it out with your your little ones and, of course, the good lady, the missus there. And I will say that we missed you here. You'll be back, what, Wednesday in training camp? Yeah, I'll be back Wednesday. So I will be gone today and tomorrow, but I will still be here today and tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh-huh. and how glorious is See? that? Now, you're missing a 70-degree day. 
I mean, it's like oh, you could almost put a sweatshirt on right now. It's cool. It's maybe in the 60s, I should say. But it's it's just beautiful. This is what, you know, have, have heavy hoofers like us, we could run all day in this weather. Oh, absolutely. I mean, th- th- that is football weather, Wolf. I mean, just a little bit of overcast because, you know, it, it, cool, it cools the heat flaps. It, it cools the mud flaps. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, listen, I mean, you know, there, there's some folds and there's a couple of rounding, you know, it's, it's natural shading that tends to collect. You know what I'm saying? So this is this is breezy. This allows everything for all the circulation and, and flowation to go on. <laughs> now, that's a that's a great word. I've heard of circulation, but I've not heard of flowation. Yeah. That's beautiful. Way to go, Max. Yeah. Hey, there we go. I mean, hey, l- listen, we're, we're just we're just being creative on this show. We already decided, <laughs> you know, there's Webster's and then there's Wolf Starksian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <dictionary>. that works. <laughs> now the Steelers just came off of their big opening preseason victory, thirty-two twenty-five over the Seattle Seahawks. Max, first of all, what was it like working the pregame TV? Because you're looking like the bit dog there, man. You're looking great on TV. You know, it, it was it was fun. It was different. You know, I'd never done that before. Um, Amanda Renner w- w- was great, and you know, being in the great hall, of course, the huge fan interaction, uh, especially pregame, uh, was just cool. It, it was cool to, to feel that natural environment, to be a part of the game in that in that way. So I had a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. Um, for the next couple of preseason games. And it was a cool different element, I think, for Steelers fans to either engage with us or for fans to feel like they're a part of the game, even if they're not physically at the stadium. I mean, I feel like it provides the perfect ambiance. So it was it was an awesome experience. And, you know, de- definitely helped me get my steps in, that being on one side of the stadium and, of course, the press box being on the other. You know, what's, <laughs> you know what's so funny is I, I will I will finish that, that point off with a quote from Tunchilkin from 20 years ago when uh, he, he looked at me and said, there's a reason you're on radio. <laughs> uh. <laughs> how, how, how right Chalooch was at that moment, you know? <laughs> it was so revealing you didn't even know it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Max, one of the things that we started off talking about on the first day of training camp, the very first day when they were getting acclimated to, you know, heat and so forth, although there's none today, this is beautiful. But the fact is, you know, we talked about the fact that they, they were notoriously slow starting in 2021, 37 First quarter points totaled all season long, 37. I mean, Gadzooks, that's nothing, right? And 22 points in their last eight games in the first half. Oh, my goodness. And yet here we see the Steelers came out on their very first drive, and that was significant, was it not, when Trubisky engineered that touchdown pass? It was 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 everything uh, to show that, hey, this season is not like last season. It was to set – a tempo and a mindset that, you know what, we can. And, and let's think about this. In camp, they've been slow starters. Yes. It's been it's been a very slow process. So the fact that I think for them, it kind of eased a lot of demons in their minds and a lot of anxiety there, showing that they could go out there and that they felt they could do it. They were up to the task. And, you know, you look at the variety that was mixed in, the run and the pass, to really get things going, I thought that was a great sign, and it wasn't. It wasn't like it was stagnant, which I, I think was also 
Really cool to see Mitch Trubisky kind of engineer that under duress. The offensive line working their combination blocks, working on their pass protections in a live fire situation with a pretty good defensive line to really go up against and test your metal. Um, and the safety, Kobe Bryant, I mean, was giving you everything you needed and more. So to see them operate under that and still have success, uh, it was a pretty good sign. Well, the other factor that we, we talked about on the very first day was uh, the fact that Steelers' defense gave up almost 2,500 yards rushing last year. That was going to be another significant thing. Number one, offensively, get a faster start. Defensively, got to shut down the run. Wasn't quite so good against the run. They still, that being Seattle, rushed for a, you know over 150 yards against the Steelers. That's not something we wanted to see. Well, it's not something we wanted to see, but, I mean, the second half I felt like was where a, a majority of that yardage came in when you had kind of a lot of your threes in the game and fours. and so. But I look at the first half and how they were just not allowed to really operate as much under the, I will say, 1Bs. <laughs> if that's, right. If that's something, you know, because we had a lot of starters out. But I felt like if we, it's a tale of two halves because I felt like the first half – they they were absolutely getting after it. Geno Smith was constantly trying to figure out what to do. He was never comfortable, and I felt like that was more representative than what we saw in the second half, where you did see a couple of the assignment errors and some of the of some of the miscues on on, on some of the downhill reads. But for giving up twenty five points, I will say this: they made big plays in big moments. The young guys and they and they started to prove that they that their metal in that situation, which was nice to see that. You are down, but you were never out. You know, one of the interesting things that I'm reminded of over the years was back in your time frame when you were out on the field with the Steelers, when there was a, a huge amount of pride defensively under Dick LeBeau and being a top five, top three, top one defense as the, you were perennially during your time there. And I look at that, and I think back to a preseason game when the Steelers were shutting somebody out. And in the fourth quarter, I remember James Ferrier and some of the other defensive guys Getting out on off the bench and rooting for the fourth quarter preseason dudes out there playing defense for the Steelers, not to give up any points at the end. I mean, the, the other team yeah. was threatening and everything, but that sort of pride, that sort of you know group pride, despite the fact that these guys were probably the, those guys in the fourth quarter, most of them were not going to be around after the final cuts. But defensively speaking, whoever was wearing that black and gold jersey out there, representative of the defense, guys were rooting for. You know, I mean, it was Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel. I remember Casey Hampton. Well, Casey, I think, was still on the bench. He was kind of chilling. But anyhow, the other guys. Casey Casey was fist pumping from the bench. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he was While rooting for him. He wasn't looking at the field. He was looking at the screen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But that's sort of pride, and that's sort of – that, that's the kind of pride you want to engender amongst the group of guys as you start unfolding uh, through the preseason. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, you know, w- these are the moments where th- th- it's all about the teammates, right? Th- that's, that's a reaction to, you know, what they've been going through at St. Vincent. I mean, that, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You forged a relationship and a bond with other guys that you normally would not have been exposed to in any other walk of life. And you guys come together. You know what it took to get to that game, right? The practices, the long walk back then when it was from Rooney, you know, down to the locker rooms and then right. back and then walking campus, you know, and the evening spending time either at that little triangle bench area right out front 
uh, overlooking the fields or, you know, playing Uno or playing some cards or some Connect Four, playing video games and like that bonding time where it's like, I got nothing else to do. I'm just, I'm in this environment. So, you know, th- this a way for guys to show their appreciation, you know, for us, you know, it's tough when you play such a testosterone, adrenaline driven game where it's all about force. You always kind of feel on edge. And this is a moment where, you know, we can kind of relax and just, you know, say, I'm proud of what he's doing out there. That's my teammate. He's earned this opportunity and look what he's doing. So it's, it's pretty cool when you have those moments. You know, it's interesting because you said Uno. Now, you, was Uno a big thing in your training camp? Because back in the day, they used to have Blu-ray. And it was a, a card game that used to play all the time sitting around or, or on the flights and so forth. I remember Chuck Noll warning the veterans don't or warning the rookies not to get involved with the vets because the vets were always trying to take the rookies' money. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but trust me, Blu-ray was – Alive and well in, in our day as well, but for the, for the non gambling types, the, you know there was Uno. Uh, I there see. was Uno. There 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 was Tunk. There was, you know, there was there there. I mean, there was heated. Well, we couldn't we couldn't do spades. Uh, had dominoes, but uh, but Uno was always one of those just you know, fun card games. You know, it was good, wholesome, clean fun. Yeah, you get into Boo Ray, that's a whole different world right there. <laughs> There was a couple of rookies that got in over their heads. I think they had to appeal to a higher power there, that being Coach Null, to, to get their, the, the pots, uh, whatever they threw, and get, them, get it back, you know. Yeah, but anyhow. Yeah, within reason. Yes, within reason. <laughs> All right, so your first, if you have a, what were some of the things that you, you thought about this game coming out of it, other than the fast start, which is, again, something we talked about in the rushing defense, but some of the individual performances and some of the things that you looked at that either confirmed or worried you a little bit more? Uh, you know, so I've not gotten all the way through the uh, the rewatch of the film. I, I, I'm about 50 plays in offensively. Right, and right. And... One of the things that that kind of uh, kind of caught my eye that that needs some improvement, I think I would say, would have to be some of the um, some some of the pass protection things. Those are things that there was that a couple to... uh, con- jailbreaks there, a couple confusion, yeah, confusing confusing situations. Yes, yeah, a couple kerfluffles. Yeah, so yeah, kerfluffles and. Uh, I think I think that's probably one of the areas because I'm still and maybe this is me and maybe I need to spend the extra time to understand. Sometimes the IDs are what get me right. Mm-hmm. The, the center and the mic IDs. That, those are some of the things that kind of get me a little bit. Uh, I don't quite understand the philosophy, so so I think that's something I need to spend more time just kind of diagnosing, diving deeper into the. Into well, you're on to something here, young man, because I'm agreeing with you. But continue. Okay. But yeah, because that that's something I think that that sets the lineup for success or failure, and a lot of that stuff is technical things, you know. And so I think when we saw some of those jailbreaks, it was literally a, a matter of some some of the footworks and the steps or where the eyes were, versus yes. solidly knowing where they needed to be and being firm and rooted in that position. I felt like it was kind of like at certain points it was like passing off, right? Like you were expecting someone else to be there as right. you were looking towards somewhere else, and that's something that that kind of really got to me uh, as as I was breaking down the film so far. Exactly. So you're spot on. I might be a little bit ahead of you, 
uh, as far as watching the plays, but uh, that might be because I, I think I, I fell asleep for a period of time. <laughs> oh, you just kept it all. You just kept yeah, it all it, play. I guess I just I don't know that for a fact, but it seemed like I missed a part of the third quarter. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, it just kind of happened. You know, you have a little snack oration. I got back from church. I flip on the the film and I'm watching. You know, and and I get a little drowsy after a big meal. You know, you get a little. Get some dessert yeah. action going on. All of a sudden, the carbs are dropping your head and everything. So, But regardless, I'll tell you this. There's a couple of instances, just like you said. You got people expecting people to be next door to them that weren't. You also have situations where they ran dogs with a twist off, you know, like a double-A gap or, or yeah. off into the second level. And that's, that's a hard thing to handle in the very first game going. You know what I mean? With guys that I have not been experienced playing next to each other. So that's something we got to explore here. What we're going to do is we're going to go to break. We're going to come back after this, and we're going to pick it up what we're talking about. We're talking about all things Steelers. We're here at St. Vincent College. It's training camp, and the Steelers won their first preseason game. We'll be back with more after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Oh, he's looking a little disgusted, but I can't believe it because the great Bob Labriola, of course, from Steelers.com and Steelers Digest, is joining us here on the show this morning. But he's he's kind of looking like a little frumpish because he's got to wear a coat. And fat guys like me, we love this weather, Labs. It's cool, baby. Um, I'm just... I'm feeling very, very lucky that I even thought to bring this. You know, how many, how many times did I think, well, maybe I'll bring one long sleeve shirt? Never took it out of the closet. Exactly. I mean, I'm wearing this so. jacket. I've been wearing yeah. it. How about that though? But it's it's nice, Max. You should be here and see Labs, right? He's got a nice what? coat on. I wish I had that coat, Max. You know, you know what they're not going to need is a coat on Saturday night in Jacksonville. <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll need they'll need a rain jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are they calling for rain? Yes, they're calling for rain, Lab. So, yeah, just make sure you pack your slickers uh, and get ready for Jacksonville. <laughs> well, Labs, let me think. I, I don't think we have much to worry about from being in the booth or in the press box, right? I think there's a third member Ooh, of this, oh, this group wow. here that might that have a little bit of a problem. Absolute well, burn yeah. there. Absolute it, burn. <laughs> there's, even, there's even less chance of rain in my kitchen. <laughs> You guys that's have right, a nice that's right. Because guys have a nice lab gets to hang out. You, got, you guys have a really nice trip to Southern Alabama okay. or wherever it is you're going. Hey, it's still uh, North Florida. We'll claim it right now. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. The on the line. <laughs> All right. Now, let me, Labs. I got to ask you. Uh, Max and I have been talking about the offense and a fast start, which you know this is something. I know it's a preseason game. I know it's the first preseason game. But again, when you score. All of 37 first quarter points in 2021. You got to sit back and say, offensively, we got to open up a little bit more. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, 37 points in the whole first quarter last season, uh, and I, I didn't. I didn't look this up. I was going to rely on uh, this. You know, you in the locker room has such a bigger budget for research. I figured you guys <laughs> would have taken care of this, but. How many times did the Steelers take the opening kickoff and go down the field and score a touchdown last season? I'll bet you you could count it on your 
one hand and not v- need very many fingers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was that to me was what I noticed right away in terms of um, you know what we saw from the offense Saturday night. Uh, you know, the other thing was, and I cannot remember. I've been, I'm an old guy, Wolf, like you. Uh, I, I've only um, I can't ever remember finishing a game preseason, regular season, postseason, whatever, where you had three quarterbacks play a significant amount, and all three had passer ratings of over a hundred. Mm. Yeah. So th- that was something that was extremely significant to me as well. Well, and Labs, I mean, to to kind of talk about that point, I mean, I think, you know, the biggest thing was right. The third quarterback that came in and that performance is what kind of sealed it to give you the triple, the triple, triple, so to speak, um, in passer rating. But here's a question. Have you ever been to a preseason game where it felt like nobody left the stadium and it got louder <laughs> later in the game as you had threes in. I mean, have you have you witnessed something like that? I mean, I, I, it was pretty pretty crazy to think. You started with about 49,000. You probably ended with like 48,000 when the game was over. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, Max. I, I really think that, um, you know, nothing energizes Steelers fan base during the preseason like a three-headed quarterback competition. <laughs> um, and seriously, I mean, the only time yeah. I can ever remember this ever happening was 1996 when it was uh, Jim Miller, Mike Tomczak, and, and Cordell Stewart. And, um, I, you know, I think that the fact that it's quarterback competition and, let's be honest, the fan favorite is the guy who's number three right now. Not jersey number three, number three on, yeah. the, on the depth chart. And, and you know, that's um, Kenny Pickett. And so I, I believe that, you know, as soon as Mason Rudolph – came off the bench to replace Mitch Trubisky, everybody in the stadium knew that, okay, the next guy in is going to be Pickett, and if we want to watch him, we got to stay. Um, you know, I I don't know how many – another, another thing about preseason crowds is that it's not necessarily the ticket holders who use the tickets. So, I mean, I don't know how many of that crowd, you know, were pit people or pit students or – you know, pit fans or, you know, any of those kinds of things. But I would imagine it was a, you know, a decent uh, representation of people who were there to see Kenny Pickett and to root for him. So I think that contributed to the uh, fact that that and the score, that it was close, contributed to the fact that how many people were there at the end. Labs, you know, one of the important things that I thought was so cool because – you know, to, to have a, a hometown guy like Kenny Pickett come out, spent five years at Pitt, and you got head coach Pat Narduzzi of the Pitt Panthers, and I, I was told the entire Pitt football team was in attendance there. And what was amazing to me was when you started to hear the Kenny, Kenny. It was like Eddie and the Cruisers, that, that movie, way back when, when they were, they were chanting, Eddie, Eddie, you know. I mean, it was, it was really neat to see, and the fact that he responded with such a terrific performance, it does say something about the young man's ability to be composed in a in a tight moment. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you look at the quarterbacks, they all did things, I thought, that were um, what you look for uh, from the position beyond, like, the stats, okay? Uh, Trubisky's ability to, uh, as we were talking about, uh, take the team right after the opening kickoff down the field and score. Okay, that's, that's uh, to me, a feather in his cap. You know, I thought Mason Rudolph did some nice things, too. Um, you know, that 17-play drive 
uh, was a nice drive. And then the other one where um, after the punt return, um, you know, he stuck it in the end zone real quick. Uh, a nice throw, you know, to George Pickens, uh, getting him the ball, even when you would you might technically say he wasn't really open, but this guy I don't think really has to be open to be open, if you know what I mean. And then, you know, Pickett um, putting it together at the end. Um, you know, he really didn't do anything spectacular, I don't think, uh, Kenny Pickett, but a rookie in his first preseason game, don't mess it up, is something that's usually pretty uh, impressive. So, you know, sometimes it's it's the absence of a negative that becomes the positive as opposed to a positive on its own. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, um, yeah. yeah, don't mess it up. I mean, how many times did you have a coach tell you that, Wolf? <laughs> you know, seriously, I'm not, like, making fun of you. I'm just saying that sometimes, you know, the, the key to victory is, as Chuck would always say, the first thing you have to do to win a game is not lose it. That's true. And That's so true. he didn't lose it. And, uh, again, um, that that to me is – uh, a feather in his cap for his first outing as an NFL player. Hey, Max, I don't know about you, but I, th- I think he was taking a shot at me anyhow, which is okay. That's okay. I mean, it's, I mean, it's what we do in the locker room, right, Max? Yeah, hey, that, that's what we, we are catchers. And, you know, and obviously there's a lot of pitchers out there that are uh, that, that are throwing zingers at us. At least we have mitts on, right, Wolf? I mean, you know. Hey, Max. So one thing I've, to save you, us, yeah. You, you have a pretty good fastball, too. Don't, don't be good to yeah, Don't, I, be, I, good, don't right. be trying to BS me, Max. Hey, Takes one to I, know I, one, you know. I, I, I might, I, hey, I, I might be closer to, you know, good old good old Kenny from, uh, from eastbound and down than I am Kenny Pickett. But, uh, yeah. You know, I'm good for one out. <laughs> uh, but, no, but Laz, when you look at it, I think, you know, the notch we can give Kenny is how he executed the two-minute drill. I think it kind of looked like practice um, with kind of how he stayed calm in that moment. And, you know, as time's expiring, I mean, you got three seconds left on the clock uh, to kind of find and dink and dunk and get his way down there um, effectively. I thought he used his legs in an efficient manner. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it was, you know, like you said, it was he did not turn the ball over. He had all three quarterbacks, great ball security. And for the most part, even under duress, you know, Mason kind of loses that one, but he gets it back. Mitch got one. And the guys were really conscious about how they kept the ball and, and being around the ball. And guys were alert from the offensive you know, side of the ball to be looking for those things. You know, you saw guys jump on top. Like when Jalen Warren had his, you know, you, you see you see Miles Boy can jump on top of it. I thought that was just a great sense of urgency by the offense as a whole. Um, and, you know, they, Kenny kind of rose to that occasion knowing what it was watching the other guys play. Well, the other thing I think that all the quarterbacks, um, you know, deserve credit for, no burn timeouts, no delay of games, none of those situations where, all of a sudden you see the quarterback pop out of the huddle and, like, raise his hands to the sideline like, we only have eight guys out here, you know, or something, or we have 14 guys out here, you know, whatever it was. There weren't any of those, um, you know, kind of uh, brain cramp things that you often might see in a preseason opener because, you know, none of that stuff's really happening out here at training camp. You don't have a lot of sideline to coach communication going on. I mean, usually, you know, they're all out on the middle of the field just talking. Um there wasn't any problems with that. It seemed like everybody was on the same page with that. Again, there were no burn timeouts, no clock play clock problems, um, you know, no false starts. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the game management things 
all went off without a hitch. You're playing three quarterbacks. Um, two of them are new to your team, and one of them is not only new to your team but new to the NFL. And so I think that that just speaks well for the preparation and their, those guys' poise uh, under game circumstances. You know, under the, uh, under the guise of uh, unknowns, I thought two guys that acquitted themselves, I know we all agree on this, on number 30, Jalen Warren, and number 93, Mark Robinson, two guys that have been showing up like uh, diamonds in the rough throughout training camp. But, Labs, how about your take on, on both of those guys? What contributors they were to it Saturday night? Well, you know, Mark Robinson, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and claim to know you know, where inside linebackers need to be on certain plays and was he there, and I have no idea. I'll ask some people who get paid to know. But when you make up – let me say this. Mark Robinson, and he's he's new to that linebacker position. Yes. Too. He's running right. back. Um, his awareness when – okay, this is his first preseason game. He's in the game. Imagine the young man's excitement. I got a clear shot at the quarterback. Yeah. He had the wherewithal to get the ball out. You know, I mean, that's, uh, to me, that's certainly an awareness that you hope to teach, but you don't necessarily know, know whether they're going to learn it right away uh, because, you know, that's what that's what needed to happen in that situation. Yes, you need to get the quarterback on the ground, but you have an opportunity to get the ball out in a tie game to put your offense in a position and then win it, and you do it, and it works extra feather in your cap. Jalen Warren, I love the guy. I mean, I from what I've seen in camp, I've I've been um, you know banging the drum for him for a while. But I if if I had an opportunity to give him one piece of advice, it would be this: do not fumble again in the preseason. Right? Do not do it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't lose it the last time. I get it. Um, but I'm telling you, uh, just like Bill Cower had triggers. Uh, that just made him crazy. All coaches have tri- uh, triggers that make them crazy. <laughs> Fumble the football a couple of times, and Mike Tomlin will divorce you in a heartbeat. So um, that's what I would just say to him. You know, you're, you got a shot at a roster spot. You are not Najee Harris. Maybe Najee Harris could put the ball down uh, in a preseason game and not lose his job or his status. But you are not that guy. And so do not do that again because uh, there are other – you know, Master Teague looked pretty good. And he's a guy who just showed up here 15 minutes ago, it seems like. So, um, Jalen Warren, I, 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 there's a lot of things I like about him. Do not establish yourself as a fumbler because you will not be a Pittsburgh Steeler then. No, absolutely not. And like you said, the fine performance, you don't want the triggers to come out because the triggers erase everything that's good. Right. Um, <laughs> just by one, by one little mistake. Um, you know, Laz, before, before we get out of here, um, I wanted to ask when – we were looking at some of the other kind of lesser knowns. I mean, we named Jalen Warren. We named Mark Robinson. That's down the list. Uh, I want to go a little bit higher. Not quite George Pickens higher because George Pickens just simply does George Pickens things. Uh, but I do want to look at DeMarvin Leal um, and just kind of how you felt like he kind of impacted the game from your perspective. See, that's a tough one, Max. That's another position where <laughs> I usually come to you guys and say mm-hmm. – you know, when we're talking about play yeah. in uh, in the trenches, um, I, I don't know enough about it to even pretend to try and sound smart. So I'm going to throw it back at you. Um, what'd you think of him? Seriously, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, no. I, I'm not. Yeah. So I, I thought, I thought from my perspective, I thought 
it was good first game, right? This is always the toughest thing for a young guy transitioning to a 3-4 is coming in and understanding your two-gap responsibilities and then also understanding when you can actually penetrate and, you know, and core, cause disruption. I thought DeMarvin, early in the game, fresh legs, did a great job. Middle of the game, got a little bit high, and then towards the end of the game kind of reestablished himself. So it kind of was a little bit of a roller coaster, right? Rolling hills uh, throughout the game. But I felt like he acquitted himself really good, all said and done. I'm going to still go back and watch the film again. But from first glance, I was like, okay, he looks like he fits in here. Uh, well, thanks, Max. Let me just tell you this. Don't be surprised if you hear some of those very words coming out of my mouth in the next couple of days. But no here's worries. something we can all we we got to go to break, but we can answer quickly. Hey, the pork loin in the in the cafeteria was that good or what? All of that was good stuff before the game, was it not? Oh, I'm so mad at you. I because I, I couldn't have it. Remember, I was rushing to get to the pregame show, so I did not get to enjoy it, Wolf. Excuses, excuses, Wolf. What can I tell you? So, so, That's it. So mad at you guys. All right, let's go to break. That's Max Starks. I'm Craig, Wolf- Craig Wolfley. We got the great Bob Labriola who just dropped by. Thank you so much, Labs. As always, we appreciate you. We'll be back with more at training camp. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Now, I realize the game Saturday night was, you know, it's a preseason game, right? I mean, it's got more vanilla than a Ben and Jerry's triple-dipped waffle cone, for crying out loud. But here's the thing about it, you know. There was a lot of excellent performances, guys rising up individually, which is what you want to see. And, Max, one of the guys that I thought took a big step forward was a guy we've talked about who's been explosive basically since day one in training camp, that being Anthony McFarlane, who I, I thought this kid just came out and rocked it from the get-go. He had three runs of seven yards or more amongst the seven carries. That, you know, including the 24-yard run, he did some good things there. That's called <clears throat> understanding the assi- assignment and executing the assignment, right? right. I, I think he, he came out with a burst, a pop. And, you know, there's something to be said when, you, when your name gets called for that starting role, right? It, it's, just, it's, it, it's something different that clicks on in your mind, Wolf. I'm sure you, know, you could talk about the first time you knew you were starting a football game. I mean, how, how was that feeling for you, and I'm sure right. that was exactly how it was for Anthony McFarland. So talk, tell, tell me, because I'm now going to ask the question. You know, how was it when you found out the first time you were going to start preseason or regular season, whenever it was, how was that for you? It was a big gulp. It was the third preseason game of my second year when the great Sam Davis was injured and went down for the year. Now I was up here at training camp, and we're getting prepared to play the Dallas Cryboys down in Dallas, right? So what do we do? Yeah. We're sitting there after the meeting's over, and, and Raleigh Dotch, my line coach, he's, he, he says, hey, wait for me after you know the meeting's over, da-da-da. He sits down and says, well, it's your time now. This is your opportunity. You're going to start down in Dallas. I remember everything just kind of went, <gasps> it was a big gulp, you know, a big, deep breath of air. It kind of was a little scary because it's that moment, Max, when you know this is your time, Okay. You either you, you hit it and get it and you grab the moment or, you know, this is, is my line coach in college told me years ago, you know, the train may only come around to the station 
once. You better be ready to jump on it when it comes. And you know Mike Tomlin and moving trains. So the thing about it was back in the day, that was my opportunity, and you had to make the most of it. And, and thank God I at least did enough that I was able to continue on and play for another decade plus. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it, it's a special moment. You know, I, I remember mine was, you know, in, in the first preseason game of my second year. Um, we were oh, you beat me by two games. Game. <laughs> I did. I, I, I know. I beat you by two games, but only because Oliver Ross signed in free agency, right? Oliver oh, Ross right, the Cardinals right. in free agency. So it created a void, and it was it was myself and Trey Essex, who was a drafted rookie. We were competing for the right tackle job, um, and because right. I'd been there longer, you know, I got I got the first dibs at it, and I just remember thinking, "Oh my goodness!" I was like, "I was like, I, I, I'm really about to like run out the tunnel type of deal." I'm like, "Yeah." Uh, what? <laughs> I was like, it's just so surreal because, you know, I, I had the benefit of jumping in in games, you know, at the end of games and sure. And and, and also, OK, I, t- I, I need to I need to move back. Week 16, week 17 of my rookie year. That's when Allen said he wasn't playing. Remember? Yeah, was my first start at left. Guard. This is my first start at tackle. So let, let's let's kind of change that. <laughs> <laughs> Allen decided he did not want to play in that Buffalo game because we had already sealed up the number one seed. Right. Uh, it was like, Rook, you're in. And him and Jeff Hardy <laughs> set out. And so Chucky and Kobe and I were like, all right, okay. Okay, here we go. You could have told me this a little bit before practice during the week. Maybe I would have got some reps with the ones. No, okay. All right, cool. Uh, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a pro. You start telling yourself that. You know. But, um, yeah, but it was wild. You know, the the funny thing about it is that, you know, when the time comes for you, it's how you handle it. And I thought Anthony McFarlane handled it so well. I got to correct myself. He had four carries for seven yards or more. I mean, think about it. I mean, the one thing is last year, you know, he had the knee injury and so forth. And you, you thought this guy was a big play, explosive type character. You know, I mean, jackrabbit speed, great cutting ability, the cutback he sees and everything. You know, you think, okay, it's all there. And it's just never really manifested itself in the way that you thought. I, I immediately thought of Dennis Green. You know, Dennis Green, you know, the old uh, Minnesota coach. I, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, he is who we thought he was when we drafted him three years ago, but it wasn't until yeah. now. You know what I mean? That's who Anthony yeah. McFarland was. He showed this is the guy that we thought he was, but he, we haven't seen it until now. But, boy, did we see it Saturday night. That's right, and we're not going to let him off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, I forgot that part. Yeah, yeah, you forgot. No, no but I mean, but, but, but you're right, I mean, you know, that's one of the things you love to see when guys live up to the expectation, right? Live up to the hype that, that we kind of had about them. And that hype, the more deeds they do, the more they show us, it starts to curl the top of that Y to where you can get a nice little oval going. And you know what that Y turns into? What's An O. That? An O. And what is an O? What, what, now, what is the O when you spell that word out? H-O-P-E is hope. And I think that's kind of how you have to look at these deeds. You know, George Pickens is another guy I would put in that category. Like, he was who we thought he was. That's why we, you know, spent a second-round draft pick on him, right? And we used that pick because we knew what the potential was. And now we're starting to see just a little bit of that potential get more and more realized. It's not a finished product. It's not a guarantee. But it's closer and closer to building out to what we expect them to be and them being impact contributors to this team, especially this year. 
You know, one of the things that, that I thought was great was that we saw Anthony McFarland hit it between the tackles. All right, we know we can run to the sidelines. There's no doubt. If you know, you yeah. know, you look at that outside zone. If you look at the tackle or the tight end, whoever's there, and their butt is straight ahead, you know you can take it to the sidelines. But if you're staring at that guy's butt because the the edge setter's gotten upfield, you got to cut it back. Well, we know that he's capable of taking it right to the sidelines. We know that he's capable of cutting it all the way back. But when he ripped it. Just uh, several times there from tackle to tackle, I thought, wow, that's looking pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I thought the, – so the one play where he ripped it to the sidelines and had that, had that, had that one run, uh, it was perfect execution. That was when you're supposed to. He did The 24-yarder, yes. Yeah. He did not Willie Parker it, you know, and I say that with love and affection because I love Willie. Mm-hmm. But Willie, the second he thought that the, that the hole might have closed, Willie was gone. <laughs> I was like, Willie, it has not closed. I thought it was. Come on, just stay with it. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony held to the last second before he made that cutout to the left because they were, run, they were running double and both of the backers fired in the A-gaps, right. opposing A-gaps. And so it took and, – and the line blocked it up nicely to muddy the waters, and it was some nice physicality. I saw, saw some pig pin splashing going on, right, like a pig in slop. The O-line was happy. But McFarland made a great cut to the outside to really break that thing open, and that was the right read in that moment. So I thought that was also good that he wasn't just relying on his feet. He trusted his eyes before he unleashed that fifth gear. And he did. I mean, that was acceleration like what we want to see out of this young guy. It was fun watching it. You know, the thing about the offensive line, and we'll get into this more in the second hour, um, boy, did they look better than what we've seen up at camp. I mean, it's the only way to put it. You know, maybe yes. it's because the defensive line and everybody's been working hard, but that offensive line, we got less than 30 seconds max. That offensive line really looked pretty darn good run-blocking-wise Saturday night. They found a groove. They, they found did. a groove, and they found a mesh, and I thought it was really good that Pat Meyer kept Kendrick Green and Dan Moore in for the entirety of that, of that first half before making the switch for them because they need to work on their chemistry more so than Chooks and James uh, Daniels needed to, and I thought that was a great move to see them really work and kind of get into a rhythm together. No question about it. All right, that's a wrap on the first hour. We're going to come back with more. We're up at training camp. It's a beautiful day. It's training camp-wise. It's an Arctic day. I mean, if you're coming up here, you might want to bring a sweater. Who ever thought you'd be saying that? No. Yes. Don't say it isn't so, Wolf. Are you seeking comfort right now? Not me. Not me. But I'm looking at Jacob who's threatening to run out and get one. <clears throat> All right, we'll be back. Jacob's about to put on a snowsuit after this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's grinning. Okay, we'll be back with more right here up at training camp. More right here. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR.